0: I initially was admitted to Purdue University under the Computer Information Technology major, but I would soon discover that it was not my major or any of its tactical focuses within coding computer parts that would captivate me, but instead, it was my local campus's LGBTQ alliance that would. I would move up to be head of diversity and inclusion at the time, and as my grades and interest in computer science descended into basic non-existence, I realized I was in desperate need to make a major life change. There are four works that I consider the most influential to me as a young anthropologist and what I hope to accomplish being a young anthropologist that graduates outside of the academia setting, the first of which being Sue Hyde's class, Field Methods and Ethnography. Sue's class was transformative to me for a number of reasons. It was actually the first class I attended at IUPUI regarding anthropology. Um, And one of the most core reasons that it was so transformative to me as a young anthropologist was that it actually gave me the ability to perform fieldwork and anthropology outside of that setting in academia. Looking back at how influential it was on me, I can't understand how we're not teaching that kind of methodology across all majors in all fields and schools around the world. To put it bluntly, I could read 200 case studies of somebody who went to X place and learned X thing about X people, and that racism is bad, and ethnocentrism is bad, and don't be an armchair anthropologist, and this is what my experience is like. And while all of those works and all that knowledge is important to have the foundation on, you can't actually get a real sort of experience of what it's like to work out into a field outside of the setting in academia until you actually do it. Like, you can read about these things all day, but until you actually go out and perform it, you're not actually going to know what that experience is like. We need to work beyond the armchair anthropology and get out into the field and do the meaningful work that ideally we should all hope to be doing. And the fact that people go to college and they don't actually gain meaningful work experience outside of maybe, if you're lucky, getting into an an internship – Um, that they want to actually graduate into. The whole purpose of college is preparing us for a job and to get us into a better spot to be able to perform a job outside of academia. And the fact that we don't actually have real world experiences serving communities and working in the experiences that we hope to be graduating in graduating into after we perform um, all of these undergraduate anthropological degrees or graduate anthropological degrees is something that's mind blowing to me. And I can't understand how we are not teaching that kind of methodology worldwide. This class was so transformative to me because it gave me real field experiences and real opportunities to work in the communities around me. Not only that, but working with the Dev Recovery House for Women struggling with addiction was a really powerful lesson and that even though these women were struggling with addiction, they were incredibly agent in their own lives and the communities around them. They had so many opinions about the communities that they engaged with and they actively wanted to participate in bettering those site communities as well. They had a very thorough understanding of how addiction was a symptom of trauma and often continued in generations and cycles, and also how the healthcare system in the U.S., or lack thereof, I should say, has failed them on multiple levels and getting the drug crisis under control. The women that I got to work with in this class gave me an opportunity to see that these women were not just their addiction they were kind they were considerate intelligent passionate human passionate human beings and it was a very valuable lesson to learn that those who experience marginalization or are failed by the system are not simply that marginalization Those individuals have agency. They commanded their situations and stories. They had so many powerful experiences and stories to tell outside of that experience of marginalization. They actively wanted to make the world a better place. And this theme would be a theme that would continue throughout my undergraduate anthropological career. The second experience that I had that was really transformative to me as a young anthropologist was actually an article that was written by Dr. Wendy Vote. It's titled Stuck in the Middle with You, and it's a narrative piece surrounding migrants and their journey through Mexico, surrounding a concept that Dr. Vote refers to as intimate labors, a useful category of analysis to understand power relations based in race, class, gender, and its multiple forms of care work. I remember specifically the formation of what Dr. Vote refers to as Protective pairings are essentially fake relationships migrants formed with one another to protect them from gendered violence and assault that is common throughout the migrant path. In particular, Dr. Vot's focus on how migrants reproduce complex and interesting relations that help them throughout their journey was incredibly captivating for me. It was transformative to my perception of migration and as a move again away from looking at marginalized people simply as their experience of marginalization, but instead as active agents that understand their own destiny Wendy does a really incredible job of that in this article she really perfectly balanced the very real danger that migrants face throughout their journey with the agency that migrants take in understanding and reproducing various forms of intimacy to help themselves navigate these multiple intersections of marginalization and danger to move throughout Mexico that was really really important for me to understand and it gave me a very new depth very new experience of sort of the depth and complexity that is the issue of migration as a whole were really powerful agents that maintained all of these really precarious sort of complex relationships and understood the danger of the relationships and really came up with inventive solutions to be able to survive the journey throughout Mexico, either into Mexico or into the United States. Moving away from Dr. Vote, there was another influential figure that I was introduced to in Dr. Vote's class, and that was the famous Judith Butler. Judith Butler's most renowned theory that gender is a social construct that is given meaning through our performance of it is something that even I knew at the young age of 13 or 14, questioning my own gender. Judith quotes, it becomes impossible to separate gender from the political and cultural intersections in which it is invariably produced and maintained. What was even more impressionable upon me was Butler's theory perfectly captured intersectionality as well. I felt a lot before this, a lot of the pieces that I read from influential figures in women, gender, and sexuality studies beforehand tend to ignore the, a lot of the complex intersections that are produced in various societies surrounding the subject of gender as a whole. That womanhood is not necessarily a singular, unifying category that is experienced the same way by all women, and is instead a category that intersects with other categories such as class, race, and sexuality amongst others, is something else that Butler reaffirms in her work, and I felt that it was very powerful, not only for me to read, but I feel it's something that a lot of people don't understand, sort of in high academia as well, to this day. The fact that in 1988, Butler was saying such transformative things such as gender is a social construct, that womanhood is not a singular unifying category, that intersectionality is an important lens in analyzing culture and womanhood, and everything else that was so powerful for her to be saying at the time. It was very transformative upon me and that mark is not lost on me as I attempt to carry these powerful messages outside of my academic setting and into the workforce. The last and certainly not least transformative work that I experienced is Dr. Karen Brodkin's work, recently discovered in Dr. Audrey Rickey's class surrounding ethnicity. I was introduced to Dr. Brodkin's work, How Did Jews Become White Folks and What That Says About Race in America, as it was published in 1998, and the article covers the social shift of the term whiteness, how it has been defined and changed, and how Jewish people were initially not considered white until mass affirmative action rolled out social mobility to primarily white European men who then were allowed to be considered white in that context. Initially, whiteness was split into sort of subcategories where Western Europeans were considered the highest ranking whites and all other European countries followed behind them. This was transformative to me for a number of reasons. The first of which being that it allowed me to understand race as a social construct and that even something that seems as mundane and unchanging as whiteness was a social construct that had shifted historically with other motivations as it intersected with categories such as class and how this experience is felt by the concept of race as a whole. Stratkin is careful to highlight how women and men of color were left out of the mass affirmative action bills that benefited white men, and how this highlights their experience, that while race is a social construct that has historically shifted with time, it's still a category that shapes very real lived experiences and shouldn't be thrown aside, as if it doesn't matter. Although I was familiar with the concept that race was a social construct, I was less eager to name it as such due to the very real experience that race has played historically in my life as a person of color. I'd experienced a lot of denouncing of race as such in liberal spaces, and as much as I would love to say that we could all hold hands and sit in a circle and sing kumbaya and boom, racism is over, uh, we don't live in that kind of world, and I think that we're all painfully aware of the fact that we don't live in that kind of world, and to read an article that acknowledged that race is a social construct that has shifted and changed within the society that has produced it, but it's also something that is a very real shaper of lived experiences for people of color, was really a sort Nuance that I felt that had been lacking in my studying of anthropology and critical race theory beforehand. I think it is imperative that we carry the knowledge outside of this field that while racism is a social convention, it is still a very real factor that shapes very real lived experiences of people of color around the world. While we all do bleed red, as some say, we are all still not the same. We all still don't have the same experiences. And that is okay, because we can all work together to dismantle the systems that see one another as lesser than because of a certain race or other social category. I hope to use all of these skills to help serve the communities that I will collaborate with in the future and spread the wealth of knowledge and identity in the various ways these ideas manifest in the career beyond my degree. Applied anthropology directly involved in grassroots organizations and the communities around me is how I wish to implement people-centered tools that will help approach societal issues and establish a chain of knowledge that helps connect communities to the larger worlds that they live in.